Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Jeffrey Penn May. He is a creative writing professor, outdoor adventure enthusiast, longtime member of the often underestimated St. Louis literary community, and writer. His latest work, Marjorie, is a literary novella and landmark prize finalist. That's cool. Yes, isn't it cool? It is super cool. Hello, Jeffrey Penmay. Hello, how are you? You came to me from our buddy Julius Hunter. I did. He was on not too very long ago, Mm -hmm. and he told me all about you. Mm -hmm. And, And one of my questions was, well, you know, tell me about kindness. And you had all kinds of kindness to share. Sure. Well, all my life I've always uh, stood up to bullies because I always took an affinity for the 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 people who were getting picked on. I was an army brat for the first seven years, and so I was always, for those years, I was meeting new people. Traveling around all over the place, like new kid in school all the time. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I understood what it felt like. Um, But um, my first career... Eight, eight years was down aircraft where my father worked. Um, but in the middle of that high-paying job, calling all over the first F-18 that came down the line, uh, doing really well, I said, you know, this isn't for me. I need to go help those kids who need help. So I quit. So you were bullied, and you were like, now well, I need I, to help I, the bully I was, kids. You know, I wasn't bullied much myself, but I saw others who were. Okay. And, uh, you know, it just tugged at my heart a bit, and, you know, we should be nice and kind to everybody. I empathetic, you know, it's no, always put yourself in the other person's shoes, and that's what I wanted to get across. So I I worked at Metropolitan School, which is unfortunately closed because of the Great Recession, but um, there I taught English to students who had... Uh, some who had neurological problems and some who had emotional problems as teenagers, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. I had a few Mr. May every other day. Where was School? Um, it was located in Maplewood. Right, ah, all right. Right gotcha. next to um, Shafley Brewery. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of schools have... I've noticed. I mean, like just places where schools used to be. I'm like, there's no longer a school there. What has happened? Yeah, that's what happened for private schools anyway. Yeah, um, right. Um, but in that that time with them, you know, it was great. I um, I was there 15 years, five years as an English teacher, and then I shifted into principal. And the year I shifted into principal, I wanted to try out, which I've always wanted to do was merge my outdoor interests with emotional and social development. So I took a group of kids and staff out to um, the Wind River Range in Wyoming, and we, cli- oh. I mean, we climbed the mountain and came back down. You, so you have done a lot of outdoor activities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. first I want, uh-huh. I want you to talk about what we talked about before we started the podcast. Okay. That you had a major health incident. Oh, I didn't, yeah. And then a year later was like, okay, now I'll go climb a mountain. Yeah. Let's sure. talk about this, Jeffrey. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I did. <clears throat> I, um, my wife and I were planning to go to Hawaii because I have cousins and an aunt who live there. Mm-hmm. And we were sleeping together on pennies and because we were both educators. Right. <clears throat> and I had a lump on my, uh, on my neck. And it turned out to be a rare 
celebrated colon cancer. I'll be darned. And they were telling me that we traveled from St. Louis to Columbia, Missouri, to uh, MD Anderson in Houston, to Philadelphia, and then back to St. Louis, and found somebody in at Barnes who thought that he should operate on it. And I was looking at tone removal. Oh, my God. Death, not being able to talk, which some people would say that was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't be on my podcast today. Yeah, that would be tough. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I was looking at all that, and that was in the summer of 2012. I finished up way too much radiation. I'd like to give a, a public service announcement, if you would, if I could, for people who are facing any kind of cancer. Yeah. Watch how much radiation they give you, because at the time, they give, they're more interested in their survival rate of one to five years. So they over-radiate so it doesn't come back. Oh. However, 10 years later, I had... I had to have two more surgeries, not because of the cancer, but because of the radiation. Too much radiation. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Uh, You're like one to five years. No, I'll, I'll take more than that. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm 10 years plus now. So, um, but the Good first, for you. First thing I, I, I decided to do the following summer was I was going to put my daughter lives in Denver. Okay. And I thought, well, okay, we'll go out there and we'll, we'll back back into the mountains and and that's what you did. That's what I did. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's resilience. That's fun. Yeah. Those 10 years have been great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm in life, you know. <laughs> well, so here we are now, and you, you have this book, mm-hmm. Marjorie. What's yeah. your book about? Well, that, um, I'll give you the tagline. It's a, about an introverted backpacker hiking into the mountains, finding a mountain basin full of Hushy characters. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, it, and they start to disappear, sort of. He falls in love with one of them. And some of them are using psilocybin mushrooms to ease their passage because they're all dying. They're all Got, in this town yeah. because of Got, some, yeah. you know, cancer and whatever. Um, and that's what's happening. That's what he discovers along the way. The, the narrative. That's, and there's so much great research on mushrooms now. Oh, exactly. Oh. Yeah, and how it is helping people. I mean, I think we're starting to, in fact, I just had uh, yeah. a gentleman by the name of G.V. Freeman on my yeah, podcast, yeah. and he is an expert oh, with um, psychedelics. And it's it's interesting how that has, you know, we're, we're changing the narrative around it. It yes. isn't, I mean, you know, the hippies didn't help with the whole, <laughs> they didn't help they didn't help the cause. But we're, we're beginning to understand it's not just about peace, love, and it really can be healing. True. And I, I uh, was inspired to write this, well, among other things, of course, when I read a New, York, New Yorker article by Michael Pollan called The Trip. Michael Pollan, he's the, the guy, trip, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And when I read that article, it just sort of, everything sort of clicked into place. That's like, awesome. Did you consult with people to understand? I mean, you know the mountain part. Have, mm. Can I ask if you've ever oh, done the mushrooms? Oh, you know, when I wrote this, I had not, because I was one of those people that 
was at the tail end of the use of LSD and psilocybin. Right, right. And where the war on drugs was saying that it should turn you into schizophrenic, it, you know, it should damage your genes, all this, yeah. all this propaganda. Right. Yeah. So I backed off. I wrote this story, had never tried it, but was inspired by the research. Uh, <clears throat> but, and I wrote it in 2015. It took me that long to get it published just now. Okay. But since then, funny you should ask, I, I did get a therapist. I, I, I trained yes. psychedelic therapists. Important to go with someone trained from the, so this is what I've learned because mm-hmm. it's, there's, you got to have somebody there that knows what to do in case you, you start do. freaking out yeah, or, you know, exactly. like you, you, you kind of get afraid or whatever because, sure. you know, sure. and uh, and that's trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I did. I did that after a, um, a surgery because of the radiation. I was really having a hard time because I thought, oh, really, 10 years later and I'm having all this pain now? And all yeah. Yeah. So I hired somebody to do that, and they came to my house, and we did the trip. And I, I would, anybody that's suffering, um, especially for alcoholism or depression, yes, highly I highly recommend yes, it. Yes, exactly. And sometimes I'm very, um, I get, I get sad because my brother died of alcoholism in 2014. That's. Yeah. I think that was another thing that prompted me to write. So I wrote this in 2015. Okay. Well, it was almost like a it was almost like therapy for oh, yourself yeah, to write it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, one thing I really want to point out, when you write in first person narrative, mm-hmm. people tend to assume that the narrator is you. But that's not the case. Right. The case is that I assumed that character exactly just like an actor would. Right. And by doing that, I was able to explore themes and ideas easily if it were just for me writing nonfiction. Well, I think it's amazing how writers are able to, I mean, you're creating this world yeah. and how they, like, you can almost take on a new personality and be able to write as that person. Exactly. I think it's, I mean, that's that's interesting. Exactly. And the characters themselves, you know, the other characters, you, you're, you're part of them as well. Right, right. You sort right. of step into that role. Right. And you become that character. Oh, I think it's cool. Now, so where can people get your book? Well, it, it was released in May, May 3rd, I believe. And right now it's on some line everywhere, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, Bookshop. Um, all the places you all can the get places, books. All the I places like you it. would accept. Very you cool. You respect, excuse me. Um. But, you know, I, I am looking at getting them some local bookstores. Actually, you can order it from local bookstores. They just have it shipped in. So, yeah, gotcha. So if you really ask for it, you can get it. They can get it, right, so, right. So it's, We're it's available. We're shopping online these days. It's Yeah, I get you. Yeah. But I love bookstores. I mean, yeah, even, I even do too. there is just, there's something about hanging out in a bookstore that I still love to this day. I'm glad to see that they didn't all go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you, have you had that experience where you... Walking, walked into a bookstore. I mean, I'm going to read every single one of these books. <laughs> <laughs> Not every single one, but I do love. I mean, I love bookstores have new books, but I also love old bookstores yeah, because I think sure. you discover things in old bookstores yes, that you uh, may not have ever thought well, of before or well, noticed. And 
Denver, you were talking about Denver. My my daughter goes to school in Denver, and when I went to visit her one time, we both decided we had to go to this used bookstore, mm -hmm. and we found all kinds of goodies in there. It was <laughs> yeah, so much fun. Yeah, yeah you know? I, love, I love used bookstores. They're great. There's just uh, something about and it. Yeah, and there's something about opening up an old book. Other than the dust that makes you see. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have some questions sure, for you, sir. Sure, Can we get to some fun questions? Mm. Um, and reading about you helped me. So I would like you to tell us, what did you learn from being a deckhand? What did I learn from being a deckhand? Uh, well, I learned not to... Um, Stand next to the tables when they start making lots of noise. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> because they, uh, they. Um, so is this like the cables for? Is this what they, kind of a boat are we on? Well, we're talking about a barge out in the Mississippi. Okay, gotcha. In the middle of winter, the, the the river was completely frozen over. Oh wow! So we spent our time on the towboat, crashing around to break up the ice, and then moving another hundred feet and doing it again. Really? Yeah. It was that was a long time ago, um, but how interesting! Oh, it was so you're on you're it's a there's a barge and you're on the tugboat just like breaking up the ice, breaking up the ice. So the tugboat or just so the barge can get through. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> that um, seems like a lot of work for everybody. It was, and what I learned that's a, that's a, a good question. Um, you must do this often. I do this interview <laughs> thing. I got a thing yeah. about it. I'm extremely curious about people. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, and some things will just, ca I'm like, deckhand. I don't well, think I've ever met anybody that was a deckhand. Well, I, what do you do? Well, I, I was young. And I'll tell you, I, it comes to mind now that I think about one thing I did learn, that when you're standing on the front of a tow, crashing mm -hmm. through the river, there's no theme music. There's no music background music because I had this vision of being romantic and heroic. Oh, yes. Oh, and the sun and sets. And there's no music. There's no music in the background. No, it's just All hard, right. hard, dangerous work. It seems hard. Yeah. And it seems dangerous. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, um, I mean, the you know, the water's going to do what the water is going right. to do. And we don't have control of it. Well, I like the idea of being on the Mississippi because when I was, um, I took built a raft uh, with three other people, an oil drum raft, and took it from St. Louis to Memphis. Wait, you built an oil drum raft right. and you went from here to Memphis? Yes, exactly. And I was, the, whole, the initial hole was to get to New Orleans, but we didn't make it. So about three or four years later, four years later, I bought a John boat. Rigged it up with a steering wheel and had a friend of mine. We did make it all the way to New Orleans from St. Louis. So this really leads into my next question. Okay. Which, please tell us about one of your more questionable vacations. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, they're all questionable. <laughs> I would like to know. When you said, when I noticed in your bio, you, you said something about, I've taken a lot of questionable yeah. vacations. I'm like, oh, I got to know well, which, well, at least one of these. Which well, it sounds like that was one that you just described. What well, was another one? Well, okay. Um, boy, my wife would have a field day with this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did your wife go on a questionable vacation with you? Well, one of our first dates was a 50-mile hike across the Continental Divide in, in Wyoming. That, that's quite the long date. Yes, and our honeymoon was in Alaska where um, I went off with a friend, and she 
bogus across the lake. I love this woman. And he and I uh, tried to climb this mountain. We didn't quite make it because the weather kicked Right. In. Okay. And we had to come down to the other. It's a huge lake. Well, let me back up a bit. She said, I don't mind going to Alaska. I just don't want to go where there's any grizzly bears. Grizzly bears are a and thing. I said, well, yep. it's Alaska. But, yeah. So we ended up flying into, at the time, completely isolated Admiralty Island, which when you read about it said the highest concentration of grizzly bears in North America. Oh, so that's great that you took her there. <laughs> yeah, she what? was She was thrilled. <laughs> I bet. Did you come upon any grizzly bears? No, we made oh, lots, of, lots of noise. Okay. Um, and, but at any rate, we got off the mountain. We were near the side of the lake. It was the only place I've ever climbed with a, a gun strapped to my chest. With a what? A, a magnum, a gun. Okay. Be- because... If you did stumble upon a grizzly bear, you wouldn't be able to see them because they'd be right on top of you. Oh. And, and my friend said, well, you're just shooting them to distract them. <laughs> get That's what you shoot. So noise is a thing with grizzly bears. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. But we got backed it down from climbing, and we shot the gun in the air. That was a signal for my wife to row across row, this massive, row across massive lake. <laughs> time, to, time to come home, honey. Yeah. <laughs> time to get me, pick yeah. me up. Yeah. Oh, how's my your, gosh. And I was like, how's your honeymoon going so far? How long did it take her to row this boat over to oh, you? About an hour, I think. 45 she, she minutes. She got so. some guns, right? Well, she did. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah sure. I like it. I, but that wasn't my most questionable. Oh, I, I want to no. hear. At this point, I do want to hear the most questionable. Okay. Um, um, but this one is something I wrote about, too, though. There's two of them. But one was during the 80s, you know, I continue on to this day, but during the 80s, it was really intense climbs. Okay. I climbed from Alaska to South America. Um, but there was one that my friend and I went on called the Wells Creek Route. Wells Creek Route? Yeah. And it wasn't a trail. It was just a route up okay. to the mountain. We were going to climb... Janet Peak from the back side. However, the route proved to be swimming heroin. And we 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 had to pitch our tent on a slab arrange a slab, pitch our tent and slope was straight down, we had to hike to a waterfall with ropes. And, and it's kind of a sad story too though, I mean, but my uh, my wife was pregnant with our firstborn at the time and we made it through that harrowing experience. I mean, we were there, moths were falling down everywhere. Oh my gosh! And but when we got back, um, uh, our son didn't make it. He was oh, um, he no, died eleven hours out of the womb. Oh, Jeff. And I wrote a, a non-fiction piece about that called the Welsh Street Club, which was nominated for a Pushcart Prize. That was one of the more questionable ones. In the yeah, sad right. Um, Oh, there was another, you know, there's so many. <laughs> well, so so, tell me about, you know, this This happened with you and your wife and mm-hmm. you wrote about, which I'm sure was also very helpful, oh, yes. right? Very but, caring for you but, and your wife to, right. to, to talk about. Do you guys have any other children? Oh, yes, we have two. Okay. Yeah, I mean, right. And that's kind of what the story is. I, I had a couple of those stories, I mean, other children, so I was able to... Then address this a little bit more fully. Got ya, got um, ya. Did you have a, a questionable vacation that ended in some happiness? 
Oh, they all didn't have it. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, don't get me wrong. That's what you go into the mountains for, the spiritual rebirth. It, right. That's what me more happy, it, climbing up the side of mountains and, and doing long hikes like that. I think God, the universe, nature, it just all comes into one. And it helps replenish your soul because then you can come back and be kind to other people. <laughs> That, yeah, right, be kind yeah. to other people. I mean, because exactly. you're not dealing with your own demons, you're, you've, you've dealt with that, and now you're coming back and saying, okay, I know what you're going through. It may not be the same as mine. You may not need to go climb a mountain, but you do need to do something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, let's get on, let's talk about kindness, because that's a big part of, mm-hmm. um, of what, I mean, that's a big part of what this podcast is, so... Share with us something that you either witnessed or you've given or you received. Top of mind, anytime around kindness. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I think most of the direct ones was when I was well, I was two actually. When I was with the school, you know, everything I did was um for the kids, and they, mm-hmm. and they had lots of problems. Lots of problems. Um, and then when I was 15 years at Rankin, same sort of thing. Those kids did not want to learn how to write an essay. So I would tell them, hey, if you were, if I was sitting in your chair and you were teaching automotive maintenance, you would know way more than I do, and I would be learning from you, and they're both equally important. Yes. You know? Yes. And, were and you teaching English? I was teaching there? English composition, which was required. And they for, were thinking, I don't really need this uh, for the told, rest of yeah. my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, got, tell yeah. Them, I know you're not going to go home and sit down after a hard day's work or whatever you're doing and go, I just go right in there say now. Yeah, right, no, right. No. But what I teach you will help you communicate saying, I think this because of one, two, and three. Right, and, right. And that'll help. And hum- writing is a really interesting exercise for, mm. you know, like you think of journaling or, you know, it's a way to, I I love to journal. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd be yeah. into journaling. Yeah. Now I'm like crazy into it. Great. But um, what I like is I feel like it's a way of, of unscattering your brain because yes. you're just taking what's in your brain. And when, when the physical act of, Pen to paper. There's something magical about yeah, that. Oh, absolutely. And it is pen to paper, not keyboard. It, it, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It is yeah. actual writing. Yeah. It's. I mean, I'm all about the keyboards for typing out my emails and what have you. That's how we do that. But for getting those those thoughts out, you have to physically be writing. Exactly. Yeah. Now, in terms of kindness, it's kind of hard for me because my wife is so much, I think, more kind than I am. I mean, she does. What's your wife's name? Kim. Kim? Yeah. Hello, Kim. And she saved me when this cancer thing. She went in there and did the research. And I mean, she was was brilliant. Um, And I think I've been told I'm a kind person, but I have a hard time with that because I'm just treating people the way I thought they should be treated. You know what I mean? That's kindness. And it's hard hard to, you know, separate. Oh, was I kind when I did this? Now I know when I'm not being kind. Yes, right. That's <laughs> easy, but but um, you know, I guess everybody has to deal with that. Well, and that's the thing about about kindness is yeah. that it it doesn't have to be hard. I, no. it, but again, it's the person. It's it's you know, if you're 
in a good place, it's going to be easier for you to be kind to others. Well, exactly. If you're, you're dealing with some tough stuff, sometimes not so easy. You have to be kind to yourself. Yeah. Kind yeah. to yourself first, and then yeah. that will that'll yeah. make it I easier. I think we're all a little bit guilty of sometimes. Well, oh, you idiot. What did you do that for? Sure. Him? But on the whole, you have to be kind to yourself. Yeah. When you catch yourself calling someone an idiot, though, that's yeah, when you that. kind of be aware and go, that is yeah. not what I should be doing. Well, I... I no, I I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I can't remember the last time I called somebody dumb. Yeah, me either. I, I can't mean, no. either. <laughs> it's yeah. not. No, it's <laughs> seriously not yeah. anymore. I, yeah. I I'm going back away. Right, but, right. But now, you know, I I tend to be more of putting myself in a position of. I wonder why this person is behaving in this manner. Right. There must be something right. going on, and so instead, I'm going to bless exactly. them. Yeah, you have to you be know, able to... because something's going on. Yeah, there's yeah. something they, there. You know, they 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 need they yeah. need help, love, support. They don't sure. need you yelling at them. Yeah, sure. Know, and so. when I had students, you know, you know, saying "F you, Mr. May," and screaming and yelling, you know, I'm saying, "Hmm, okay, now what what what's the best way to deal with this?" Yeah. And usually, it's not yelling back at them. I mean, that's the worst thing you can do. Yes. However, there are times when I sat in that chair and looked at the student and said, okay, I'm angry at them. Is it better for me to not display this anger or to let them know I'm angry that they've had that effect right, on me? Right, right. So, you know, that's the nuance of trying to deal with those kind of people. Yeah. I mean, when I say those kind of people, I hate to put it that way, but I mean anybody who's struggling. With the people that are yeah. not kind yeah. and having a difficult time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you and it's. I think that that's fine to say, hey, what you said really yeah. angered me. I right. mean, I'm, I'm angry about it. Let's talk about sure, this. It's that sure. whole, let's, you know, the transparency of feelings and, well, right. exactly. and not shoving them down. Yeah. We don't <laughs> want to do that. And there's always that split second where you, you can go, okay, which way should I go with this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always go the kind way. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeffrey Penmay. Oh, you're welcome. It has been so much fun to get to know yeah. you. And it sounds like you've had some really cool adventures in your life. I have. And and some difficult adventures and lots of phone calls from spam people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's just a remind, remind me to do some exercise. I had a real harrowing time just getting here this morning because when I put my contact lens, I have one lens. It, it was broken. And, oh, no. And it took me an hour to get it out of my eye. And all oh, this I'm kind so of glad. Stuff. Is your eye okay? Oh, yeah, it's fine. I all right, it. good. And you uh, made it here. Yeah, I did. Well, <laughs> yeah. Now, well, I, I really appreciate how you <laughs> how you made it here. And I did bring a copy of my book if you want. I, well, thank you. Yes. Let's show everybody. See if you guys are watching on the video. Because right. some will be sure. just podcast. Sure. But here is the book. And, of course, if you're just listening on the podcast, you can just go Look up Marjorie Look up. by Jeffrey Penmay exactly. on Amazon or what have you. Exactly. And the, and the Thank best you. is that just another uh, public service announcement, if you will, for authors. Let's go. The best thing you can do for an author, if if you read their work and enjoy it, is to go ahead and rate it. Leave a review, and it doesn't have to be you know, New York Times book You have to write review. an entire thing. You can just, It doesn't yeah, have to be that. Sentences. It could just be say, I enjoyed I loved this it. book. Yeah, great. there you go. That's all it needs to be. Perfect. That's, that's the best thing you can do for an author that you enjoy. I love it. Kindness yeah. for authors. Exactly. Well, thank you, Jeffrey, for being on the podcast. Well, it's great you. to get to know you. Yeah, great. Thank so you. So fun. Yeah. Oh, and Julius says hi. I, 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 I can't forget that. Okay. He hi, told Julius. me to make sure that he's... <laughs> that I 
I told you he said hi. Oh, good, 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 good. All right. Well, we love Julius. That's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a St. Louis guy. He I is. love it. He is. Very sure. cool. Mm. All right. right. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. And for everybody out there, you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast. So go read Marjorie, leave kindness for authors, and be good people. Thank you. Mm